I wasn't necessarily blaming other people, but I was blaming God as well as myself. See, about three years ago, that's when um, my dad had a stroke. And then right after that, about a few days later, he had another stroke. And the second stroke is where all his side effects started kicking in. And that's when, um, that's when I looked at my dad. One of the first few times I remember looking at my dad in the eye, and he, it was just hard for him to focus. And it was hard for him to walk. And as me being like this little 12-year-old kid, it was hard for me to just not blame I started to blame myself because I was like wait I'm this 12 year old kid and I'm barely spending time with my dad I'm doing these other things because these other things are important to me but then I started to then at that moment that's when I started to think a little bit deeper and this is like and I was just like okay God what's happening like why why can't I stop this from happening why are you allowing this to happen We are back with Proven. Um, I am your host, Krista, and here's my co-host, Q. So today's episode is going to be about anxiety, and we have a very special guest for you guys today. Her name is Mrs. Solterbrandt. She is from the Virgin Islands. She is married, and she has two lovely sons who I'm dearly close with. So... Is anxiety that feeling you have before test, or is it that bubbly feeling that arises when that special person walks in the room? Yeah, like that heart beating feeling. You know, when you go through <laughs> boom, like, boom. Yeah, yeah, when you go through some kind of experience and then you look back at it and it's just like, whoa, that was kind of, it was kind of painful because, <laughs> you know, you just start to think about certain things and then your heartbeat starts to just go a little higher. What is anxiety to you? Well, I think the two of you um, have nailed it sort of on the head. Um, first of all, let me say thank you for having me on today. It's um, very cool uh, to be here with you guys. And anxiety is a, it's a big topic. It's a topic that affects a lot of people. And yeah, anxiety, I think sometimes in, in your guys' cases, when you think of a test, I think anxiety shows up when you haven't studied, when you're not prepared. Mm. Um, but like we were talking before, before we started recording, um, sometimes you can have, I guess, in a sort of strange way, positive anxiety. Because if you did study, you might be anxious to get it out of the way, you know, to show, oh, look of what I got in my head. I understand the concepts. Yes. But typically when we think of anxiety, in my mind anyway, um, anxiety is that, yeah, that fast paced heart beating, um, especially on a test when you haven't studied or if you have a project and the deadline, deadline is looming and you're not ready. Um, or if you're having a situation at home, a personal experience and um, you're needing something to happen and it's not working out, anxiety comes along with that. So, yeah. So... Are there some examples from your life where you had an anxious moment? An, 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 yeah, like an experience. Like. Uh, yeah, where anxiety was a big part of it. Well, you say a moment and experience. Well, I can think of plural, many <laughs> experiences. That's all right. Choose, choose, That's choose, okay. choose as many as you'd like. Choose yes. as many. We're here. We're here. We want, we want to know. Well, I'll share... My most current or the most at the front of my mind experience, I don't know if you guys know, but our younger son, Jordan, mm. um, he has a health challenge. 
And for the last three years or so, we have been battling to get him into a state of remission. Uh, he has Crohn's disease. And when you are well with Crohn's, you are just like cancer. You're in remission. Um, and we have been wanting to keep him off medication. And each time we come up to tests, I get pretty anxious because I want to know that what we've been trying and what we believe in has worked. What is the result? Yeah. What the result is going to be, um, has this worked? And you get pretty anxious. Well, I have learned that anxiety only makes things worse for myself and it doesn't change the outcome because the outcome will be whatever it is. And so you start to ask yourself in these experiences, um, what is the point in being anxious? Because no matter how anxious you get, the result will always remain the same. Um, and so for the last couple of years, I've been learning um, to look at anxiety in different ways, particularly through my Christian walk. Um, the Lord says, come unto me, all ye who labor, right? All and who are burdened. That's right. And anxiety is a state of restlessness, right? We can say, and when you give it to the Lord, there is a peace that passes all understanding, the Bible says. And so in our experience with Jordan, me particularly, because I'm the one that... Um, uh, is in the kitchen. We're using diet. <laughs> um, so I'm always trying to make sure he's full, um, that he enjoys what he eats. Yummy um, in my tummy. That's right. But at the same time that he achieves remission. Um, and we are, we're right there at this moment. It's taken three years um, and God's grace and guidance. But praise the Lord, he is in a very good place right now. And so the anxiety level is low, <laughs> but you know, when we rely on the Lord, we shouldn't have any anxiety. Amen. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, so when it comes to this anxiety situation, you know, especially us as young people, mm -hmm. the moment something happens and we see something anxious happen, we're quick to blame. Now, how easy is that for you to just, you know, not blame it on God? Because, you know, any situation could happen or we could blame it on other people or whatever. How easy is that for you to just deal with? So Q, you were asking me about blame and how to, you know, in, in this situation right, right, right. where blame comes up. Um, yes, I remember when Jordan first got sick. Um, it's very easy to say, particularly to God, you know, you're in control, God. Everything is in your hands. Why did you let this happen? Um, but you realize that God is a loving God. Uh, his Bible tells us and past experiences with him um, has me believing strongly that he is a good and loving God and God would never ever do anything that hurts. Actually, he loves Jordan more than my husband and myself could ever love him. And so I have to know that there's either a lesson here um, that he wants us to learn um, or there's something he's trying to teach us or there's a lot of glory that needs to come to him because of it. And I believe, particularly in this experience, that through our trial that we've been able to shed light on how good God really is. And so, yes, blame is, I believe, a sinful human response to anxiety. But what really should happen is we should realize that in our anxious moments that God is really a good God and then lean heavily on his promises. I, When Jordan, um, I think on his second go round of testing, I, I created Mrs. Passos and I, um, would memorize memory verses together on this app. And I created a memorization list Philippians and I entitled four, it six and Jordan. Seven. <laughs> yes, exactly. Philippians 4, four uh, 6 and 7. The title of my list, however, was Jordan's Promises. Um, and so I have a whole slew of them that I would, while he was in testing, I would read through, I would recount, I'd tell the Lord, look, these are your words, you promise you have to um, come through for us. Mm. And every time, 
we wouldn't get perfection in his health, um, but we would get a little closer. And Jordan had um, some testing done just in March, and he is looking so good. The doctor is really, she said, I don't, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Um, this is amazing, and I can't believe it's just on diet alone. Mm. Um, but I was quick to add, it's not diet alone, doc. There's God involved as well. And um, yeah, so blame, yes, is a sinful tendency, I believe, humbly. Um, but God can reverse that anxiety for us. I just wanted to bring out, you said that when we feel anxiety, we want to feel better. Right. And then you said one of, yeah, our sinful tendency is to blame. Mm-hmm. And I just think, wow, imagine we're so selfish. We want to put on someone else to make us feel better. That's right. Yeah. Oof. Wow. Humbling moment. So your um, family yeah. uh, situation reminded me of what happened to my family and I two months ago. My dad had a heart attack and my mom... Um, called me that night and I just remember crying, bawling my eyes out. I could, I just felt that heart thumping feeling, not for the person that I like, you know, right. as we mentioned in the beginning, when someone walks in the room and it's like, dung, dung. no, it was just this heart thumping feeling, making me think what's going to happen. I didn't know that he, it was possible for him to even have this. He's healthy. He plays soccer. He, in fact, he had it while he was playing soccer and it was just such a shock. Mm-hmm. So, and then the anxiety just started coming in. I just couldn't even, I couldn't sleep that night actually. But I remember stepping out onto the deck and looking up at the sky. And just that night, it was a full moon. Mm-hmm. And I remember wanting to really scream and cry to God and say, why? Mm-hmm. And he reminded me, I have your father in my hands. I saw him in your mother's womb, in your grandma's room, actually. Um, I have the plan for him plans to prosper him and he just kept on reminding me of all these bible verses like you were saying you memorize them and he started reminding me of the bible verses that i know of right. mm-hmm. in that moment um so for philippians 4 verse 6 and 7 be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication let your requests be known to god so my request to god was okay now give me peace i want to feel better and to make me feel better, he started having me praise him. And I said, God, you, and, and in this moment, I, I think I was crazy, <laughs> but Christians are crazy. <laughs> crazy for God. Crazy for God. <laughs> and I said, Father, you are amazing. You created me in my mother's room. You created my dad in my grandmother's room. You are the king mm-hmm. of the universe. I have nothing to worry about. And... I could go to sleep that night, minutely, <laughs> very small, but I could go to sleep. Yeah, God's a good God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now that we're on this topic of blame, I just also wanted to share a little bit of a story from me because I wasn't necessarily blaming other people, but I was blaming God as well as myself. See, about three years ago, that's when um, my dad had a stroke. And then right after that, about a few days later, he had another stroke. And the second stroke is where all his side effects started kicking in. And that's when um, that's when I looked at my dad. One of the first few times I remember looking at my dad in the eye, and he it was just hard for him to focus. And it was hard for him to walk. And as me being like this little 12-year-old kid, it was hard for me to just not blame I started to blame myself because I was like wait 
I'm this 12-year-old kid and I'm barely spending time with my dad. I'm doing these other things because these other things are important to me. But then I started to, then at that moment, that's when I started to think a little bit deeper. And this is like, and I was just like, okay, God, what's happening? Like, why, why can't I stop this from happening? Why are you allowing this to happen? Like, I know what you can do and this shouldn't be a reason. This shouldn't be, this shouldn't happen. Like, I shouldn't be able to see this I'm young I don't want to see this I want to see my dad I want to spend time with him forever and I know by the stroke it could decrease his lifespan and so I was just going it was just it was a lot of anxiety because I always wanted to see my dad prosper like that's one of my favorite things and to this day like I'll call him and check up on him to see how he's doing good so it was just a really big deal for me and I when I look at it now it's crazy because every time I pray for him and I still think about it and I quote scripture, I remember being 12 and I memorized this verse and it was Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for the wrong things we did. He was crushed for the evil things we did. The punishment that made us well was given for him and we are healed because of his wounds. And so that's when that last part, we were healed because of his wounds just had me starstruck because I was like, wait, God, you went through this for us? You went through sickness, physical pain, for us and all these things just started to rush in and that's when I felt this comfort of peace and my dad started to do better and I started to not blame myself or God I started to understand the situation and started to love God for the situation so years passed by and even now so about last year around this time actually um I called my dad and before then my dad was not Christian so yeah, before then, before about three years ago, he wasn't Christian. About last year, he got baptized into being a Seventh-day Adventist church. So that's a that's an amen. And I wanted to look back at the stroke. So when I look back at it, and I'm like, yo, if that did not happen, I wonder how. Because literally right after that, that's when my that's when God opened up His eyes to my father. And so that's when I was, I started to look back. I just blamed him a lot when he knew what he was doing. If I just allowed him to just come into my life and my father's life and he knew his timing was best everything would have just been so um smooth and so just by us blaming when we're blaming us blaming each other or ourselves when we're anxious it it's something that i wouldn't say isn't is is a problem it's how we overcome it right and we overcome these things by scripture and quoting his word so um, it's just it was just a testimony because now i get to see my dad and i just could have many conversations with him and it's just one of the biggest things for me right now. Mm, that's amazing. And as you mentioned that, you know, um, I can't think of another time in my life that I have not spent more time talking to God in a deep relationship because of this situation with Jordan. And I've learned that when other things come up, whether it is, so I recently moved here. Um, and so leaving a place I'd been for four and a half years to move here, that was very anxiety filling for me. I'm leaving good, good friends. Um, and so I learned that God could take care of me through Jordan or take care of Jordan's situation uh, through our relationship with him. I knew he would take care of me coming here as well. Um, and so when God allows situations to enter our lives that can be anxious filling, um, we just we rely on his word. 
we learn how to let that anxiety go and give it off to God. And so that the next time we have an experience that's, that creates anxiety, we say, oh, wait a second. I know who can help with this. There's no reason to worry. If he cares about the sparrow, just imagine how much more he cares about me, that he sent his son. He emptied all of heaven. Even if I were the only one to accept him, he would have still sent Jesus. What do I have to worry about? I have the creator of the universe on my side, right? If I'm just willing to submit and give everything to him. And that's what he wants. He wants our anxiety. He wants our burdens. He wants our cares so that he can fill us with his joy, with his Holy Spirit, right? So that we can reflect now the Father. So, yeah. So if we had to recap on this little anxiety, um, blame me segment real quick. Um, It was just to say that it's pretty easy to blame others when we're going through some kind of anxious experience. Um, but it happens to everyone. And so the way you overcome it is by going to God. Right. Yeah. And so on that note of, of overcoming it, I know we can spiritually um, overcome these things, but I know you're a walker and <laughs> yes. you like to walk a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I was just going to ask you, what are some physical or like actual, not, I don't, not actual, but some physical ways we can overcome um, anxious experience like well, water. I'm glad you asked that. Um, so I homeschooled our two sons um, through elementary and just into the beginning of high school. And so being a homeschooling mom, a stay at home mom, um, I needed an outlet. Um, you know, running the house, yeah, yeah. It's, it brings its own anxiety, <laughs> right? And uh, I had a girlfriend of mine call me up one year. As a matter of fact, she's from California. And she says, hey, Tanya, would you like to do a marathon with me? I thought she was crazy and out of her mind. Um, I was ex- I was a lot more overweight than I am now. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to do a marathon. I'm just too heavy. And I hung up the phone. And then I got to thinking. And, you know, I'm so glad God told her to call me because I'm convinced now that he told her to call me because I took her up on her offer. And so the mornings at about four in the morning, I would wake up every morning and I would have worship. Then I would get dressed and I would go. And at this time I was living in the U.S. Virgin Islands. That's right. 4 a.m. We'll worship first. So I'd leave the house about 430. I drive down to the waterfront and I'd and park running. my car and I'd start just jogging. Oh, jogging. Yeah, I start off jogging. So you started and light. You started light. You just start light, you know, start off actually walking. It's like jog. And then when you really feel the rhythm, you pick up your pace a little bit. Mm-hmm. I remember when things were good, I was down to a seven and a half minute mile. It's pretty wow. good for me. Wow. Um, I was pretty, not that an athlete. Really good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. But for I'll me, tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what, at that hour of the morning, releasing all of that energy. Um, And then taking in some good energy and going home, I had the day covered. I started with God. Then I got some exercise, get those endorphins going. And I was able to conquer whatever came my way that day. And at eight o'clock, boom, I was in bed that night and we start the whole thing over. So, yeah, that was like so early wake up and then early Early bed. That's Mm, right. That's because I wasn't just remember, I wasn't just doing this for exercise. I was training for a marathon and um, you had to be pretty regimented. Um, if you really wanted to to survive <laughs> and and cross that finish line, so yeah, I be- I really, really, really believe in the power of exercise. Um, even if it's just walking outside, and I also be- believe in the power of breathing. If you can inhale, hold, and then release for as long as possible and, and repeat, you can really decrease your your anxiety mm-hmm. levels. Just yeah. sorry, Go just ahead. like how you said you started the day with Jesus, mm-hmm. and then right after was the physical part. Of your day. It's like for me when I start the day with Jesus. So 
I'm coming clean here, but the, today I woke up uh, way later than I usually woke, wake up, and I just remember praying. I said, Jesus, I didn't wake up in time to spend a good half an hour at minimum with you. Mm-hmm. Be with me today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but sorry, I'm going on a side note, but just how you start the day spiritually you started the day physically as well. And so that prepared you. It's almost like rewinding you, right. putting up your shield mm-hmm. for whatever comes at you that day. Right. So whatever anxieties, whatever stressors, whatever worries come at you, whatever Satan throws at you, right. you come back and you're like, nope, I had my time with Jesus this morning. He's still with me right now. Right. I rewound, rewound, rewound mm-hmm. my brain this morning and my body by running. And I'm prepared for whatever the day has to come. So right. it's yeah. awesome. So you can be like ready for that anxiety. And when yes. it comes, anxiety looks ready at you and says, Q, Krista, oh, I can't get them today. Let me go bug somebody else who doesn't have their anxiety shield up. So, yeah. Uh, I also have a question for you. So, like, when I wake up, see, in the guys' dorm, it's mandatory for us to wake up at 545 throughout the weekday uh, to go outside for a walk to the flagpole, which is about a mile. So some, most of the time. It's supposed to be a run. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be oh, a run. Nice. But uh, most of us walk. I actually started picking up this running thing and I started to do it like two to three times a week. Mm-hmm. I'll start it's, joining you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's If I do it every day, it's not really realistic, but two to three for me is pretty realistic. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I was just going to ask you, like, do you ever just like walk and talk and with God while doing it? Is that like another coping mechanism? That is. Yes. Um, there have been times when I have intentionally planned to get up early and to go outside. Um, the fresh air is really helpful for the mind um, before the distractions and the busyness of the day start, the humdrum of the day. Um, and it's nice and cool and refreshing outside. Yeah, I have purpose and I've done that on occasion mm-hmm. to get out there, talk to the Lord and, you know, get that fresh air in the lungs and, and in the mind too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like that fresh air just cleans everything out. So, yeah. But, you know, you did mention you would do two, three, two or three times a day. When you're training for a marathon, especially as a beginner, you need your off days. So don't feel bad that you're doing two or three, you know, you yeah, have yeah. to have rest days mm-hmm. because your legs need to, to to rest. So. So would you say that anxiety goes hand in hand with trust in God? Well, well not, hand not hand. having anxiety goes hand in hand with having trust in God. Yes. Yes. And, you know, there's a verse. I keep tapping my phone here to wake it up. One of my favorite and I don't want to mess it up. So I'm going to read it for you. It's Isaiah 41:10. It says, fear thou not. For I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And you know, when I hear those pauses with the yeas in there, I I literally hear God say, Tanya, I've got this. I will help you like this. And but wait, there's more. I'll help you like this too. And but wait, I've even got my right hand of righteousness. And it just, I mean, it just like... I feel like my dad is Superman. Everybody's looking to Marvel Comics for their Superman. Well, you go ahead with that. But I've got the real one, right? My Heavenly Father. And anytime that anxiety comes, and generally speaking these days, it's got to do with Jordan. I'm like, Father, no, not today. You've got this. You've got to solve this. And I'm going to glorify your name no matter what happens. Because, you know, ultimately, Q, how you talk about your dad giving his life to Christ now. Had he not had that medical emergency, maybe he wouldn't have, right? And God knows. And I think one of the things I've learned in my anxious moments is to always ask God, no matter what my desire is, please, Father, 
give me your will. Give me your will. Because ultimately, if I want a yes from God, if he tells me no, do you think that that yes was better? Absolutely not. A no from God is the best answer you can ever get if that is his will. <laughs> that, it's like, that takes your walk with God on another level. Point. That was a great yeah. point. So sometimes I tell God, give me your no's. Because if you were to give me what I wanted, I'd be in a worse situation than I am now. Right? So Die to self every day. Every day. And every you cannot moment. do it. If we realize that we can't die to self ourselves, even God gives us the will to die to self. Like, just pour it on me, Lord. Just give me, give me all your strength. And he says, I, Jesus told his disciples, I've got to go back to heaven so that I can send you the comforter, right? He's given us that power. And what are we doing? What are we doing? We're looking at self. We're blaming others. We're being selfish. We're not utilizing the power that God has. He's just waiting. He, uh, Jesus says in the Bible, um, if you ask anything in my name, I will give it to you. Now, let's not get confused. It doesn't say, Lord, I would like a brand new forerunner. You know, I have a 2008. I'd like a 2023. He doesn't say that's what he's going to give you. What he's saying here is I will give you my will. I will give you my strength. Just ask for it. Just believe and I will do this for you. And you also have to trust that oh, it's yeah. good for you. Because sometimes so many bad things happen. And yet, just like in Q's case, yep. turned out for good. Yeah. So we just have to keep on trusting. Trust. So yep. I never got a why for my dad's heart attack. I never got a why from my golf cart accident. Um, but it's good. Yeah. Trust God. It's God's plan. Mm -hmm. Good. I was going to say, sometimes, this is like another topic, but sometimes we have anxiety about whether or not we're going to go to heaven. Mm. So that's just like the the final the, yeah. the, the anxiety. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you how do you overcome that? Because see, we three of us have our walk with God. Mm -hmm. I mean, like sometimes I wake up in the morning and I just wonder, and I, I have to read Revelation. I'm just because that's my favorite book. Mm -hmm. Too much in there, mm -hmm. so much in there, and I just think God. Can I really be part of your kingdom? Because, yeah, yeah sometimes. Yeah, it's yeah. especially because we wake up and sometimes, most of the times, we do what we have to do. We pray, we spend time with God. Mm -hmm. But there's always that anxious feeling that what if I'm not doing this exactly the way he wants me to? Or what if I'm doing this thinking that I have a relationship with you? I hear your voice. I hear you talking to me through the day. I talk to you because I, I'm a talker. I love talking to God, especially because sometimes humans get a little tired of what I'm saying. <laughs> so I have to talk to God. I have to bring it to him. But what if I'm deceiving myself here? Yeah. What if there's no actual true one-on-one -on -one connection? And I feel like, I don't know, maybe it gets, I, I wouldn't think it gets different when you're an adult, but I feel like us, because we're younger, our high school experience, like, this is something we think about because they say it a lot in churches that, oh, Jesus is coming in our generation. Jesus, yeah, like, they our, say that like, so for much. a long time, huh? Yeah, yeah, I see it, I see it, but this young people, like, this generation, you're supposed to this do Lord's, generation. You're supposed to do the Lord's work, you're supposed to do, what if, like, sometimes it can feel like it's just not good enough, so, back to asking you, like, mm -hmm. what would that, how would you answer that like how would you what, what are your thoughts on that okay um there are a couple of questions you're asking there the first one i'm going to tell you is a little secret adults are nothing more than grown-up children okay remember that your adultness if you will 
comes from your ability to grow. If you will um, and allow yourself, right, to grow, now you're maturing, right? Paul says to stop drinking milk in the Bible. Why? Milk's for babies, right? You want to grow. You want to mature. So now you got to start eating meat. You got to dive in deeper into the word. And as you dive in deeper, you will mature, all right? So that's the first thing I'm going to tell you. I think even all, all humans worry about, am I going to make it to the kingdom? My response to that just off the cuff is a verse or a thought from King David. Taste and see that, that the, the Lord, Lord is good. good. It's your experience. And only you know that experience and can experience that experience with God. Right. That's why we will have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Every experience that we have, those anxious moments, as we see God step in and make a way in every situation, that's when you'll know God is real. Heaven is real. And if those two things are real, then Jesus really did come to die so that I can make it to the kingdom. Don't believe the devil's lies. Right. Don't believe his his lie is to tell you, Q, just can't cut it. Krista, nah, you spent all that time with God. He really doesn't love you. That is a lie straight from the pit of hell, right? Jesus came. He stepped out of glory into what we live in, this pitiful, sinful world, so that if only the two of you, Krista and Q, were to say yes to him, you're going to heaven. But you're not going because of you. And I think that's this is where we make the mistake as humans. Uh, we see, are trying to get to heaven. Stop. We, we can't. I'm going to tell you now and tell everyone that listens to this podcast, we cannot get to heaven. God will take us to heaven as we accept his son. His son will give us the power, right, to live as he lives. One of the things I've been asking, you know, it's funny you say you like the book of Revelation. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a, a thought. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, um, it's not Revelation that says this, um, but it is an end time, an end time thing where Jesus asks us. He says, pray that your flight not be on the Sabbath nor in the winter. He also says, make sure you're not pregnant. And you have little children that so, you're not nursing. Right. Just thinking, <laughs> man. Right. Yeah. And so I think to myself, why am I not asking God to make sure that my flight isn't on the Sabbath and that um, it's not in the winter? I know I won't be having any little kids. <laughs> I don't need to I don't pray know that, that. Right. Uh. Um, but he's coming. There is a heaven to go to. And so we need to start acting on his word. Right. And if his word says, all right, I'm coming and make sure that when you see these things happen, you want to ask me to make sure your flight's not on the Sabbath day and that it's not in the winter. We really need to start taking God at his word, living at his word, believing, knowing that, yeah, we need to get in the word. This church was founded. The young people that started the Adventist movement, um, they were in the word. They ate it. They slept. They breathed everything. It, it, that's what they did. You know, so we need to do the same thing and realize that, yes, we will make it to heaven by the grace of God. So to wrap up that little segment on whether why are we so anxious about getting to heaven? Uh, basically, what stands out the most is that God has already paid the price for us for it us individually to make it. Mm -hmm. And so we're focused. It's a, our focus is a little drifted as Christians to the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Our focus is more focused on the process, the waking up every day. I have to pray. I have to not eat meat. I have to make sure I'm vegan. I have to make sure that I'm saying the right words. It's, it's a little distracting 
for us stuff. Yeah, it's it's a big distraction on what is the main point. Mm-hmm. And the main point is to focus on the relationship with God. Amen. And mm-hmm. this relationship with God brings us way further than all these little things that we must have to that we go through with our checklist and even as Christians it's hard I know it's hard for us to just not go through this checklist but when we have that relationship with God that checklist is not only thrown away but it's all it's automatically checked because you have Jesus in you and so we do not have to worry about making it to heaven as Christians because it's already paid for us and all we have to do is just focus on the relationship that's right well thank you Speaking to our listeners here, if you have anxieties in your life, um, I hope we are example enough of what God can do mm-hmm. and the relationship he wants to build with you, how he wants to grow you and grow with you. Um, remember, he's never ahead of you. He's beside you. Mm-hmm. He's not behind you. He is beside you. Mm-hmm. So it's up to you whether you want to go to heaven and be with your creator there. Mm-hmm. A point that Mrs. Schulterbrandt made was the reason we want to be there is not because of the creation, God created heaven, mm-hmm. but because of the creator. Mm-hmm. He is there. That is why we want to be there. Exactly. So, uh, talking to our listeners, I want to see you there. Mm. I want to see you there too. <laughs> and I want to be there with all of you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you, Mrs. Schulter Brown. Thank Thanks for having me, thank guys. Thank you so much. I had a great talk. This has right. been a lovely time. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. And you guys are well on your way to doing big and better things for the Lord. Amen. So keep it up. <laughs> so with that being said, I'm going to hand it over to one of my best of friends, Joshua. He is my roommate. Oh, we canvassed this summer together. We experienced a lot of God's powerfulness together. Um, he's a God-fearing man. He's in the Word. And uh, he's going to be doing the spiritual application for us. So just listen up. Whoa, what a talk between our host and Mrs. Schulterbrand today. I know as teenagers, even maybe as adults, um, anxiety is something that's ever around us. It sometimes it seems like it's inescapable. It seems like it's impossible to have peace. I want to get into this a little bit more. Um, If you have your Bibles with you, I'd like you to turn to Jeremiah 32. In Jeremiah 32, I think that there's a little nugget in here that will help us to be able to remember and to continue to have faith in God in the worst circumstances. Jeremiah 32. This begins with Jeremiah buying a field. Jeremiah buys this field because God has told him to do it. He gets all the proper legal stuff done, even though he's in prison because King Zedekiah doesn't like what he's saying. He talks to God and he's like, God, why did you make me buy this field? And he goes in and God responds and he says, he goes into a little bit about how Israel has committed so many sins right in front of him and how much he has been angered by what he has seen. But not only does he go into how much they have sinned, he also responds to them. And instead of responding in a voice and with words of anger and of justification for what they justly deserve, he actually gives them a promise. He says, I will rejoice in doing them good and will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and soul. In fact, in verses 38 
through 41. He actually says, good, three times. They will be my people and I will be their God. I will give them singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me and that all will then go well for them and their children after them. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them and I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me. I think whenever we encounter anxiety and stress, like Mrs. Schulter, Rand, Krista, and Q said today, it's most important for us to trust God and trust the process and trust what he's doing. In a song written by Babby Mason, it's called Trust His Heart. There's some very powerful lyrics. She sings, all things work for our good, though sometimes we don't see how they could. Struggles that break our hearts into sometimes blinds us to the truth. Our Father knows what's best for us. His ways are not our own. So when your pathways grow dim and you just don't see him, remember you're never alone. God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand, when you don't see his plan, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. I think when we encounter anxiety and other circumstances that really just upset us and really want to shake our faith, I think it's in times like these where we really need to remember to just simply trust his heart. And that was the latest episode of Proven, a Weimar Academy podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our school, visit weimaracademy.org. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most other podcasting platforms. Before you go, I'd encourage you to check out our social media too. We're always posting about our school's latest events and happenings on Instagram, Facebook, and even YouTube. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.